the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. Monday, January 9th, 2023. Let me give you our phone number. Anything on your mind, you feel free to weigh in. 602-508-0960. That's 602-508960. We have a Speaker of the House. We didn't last time we were together on Friday. We do now. And uh, we shall see. I uh, have a few thoughts on um, on the victories that were secured, but uh, I'm just glad it's over and uh, we can move forward. Let's hope it's a um, let's hope it's all a memory, and uh, and that Kevin McCarthy is able to um, with the caucus, uh, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, parts of the caucus we agree with or parts that we disagree with, show as uh, united a conservative front as possibly can be. He has a lot of work to do. And uh, he has a uh, a lot of there's an old adage in Washington. Sometimes, um, you know, the old phrase, don't just stand there, do something. There's an adage uh, that sometimes it's important not to do something and just stand there. That is to say, just say no once in a while. Uh, Just say uh, we shall not be moved once in a while. And uh, we're. We're going to see probably most of our victories, as we were talking last week, most of our victories are probably going to be uh, moral and hopefully legal uh, with the investigations uh, coming out of House Judiciary and Jim Jordan's group. Uh, I think the, the, the biggest battles are going to be in budget and appropriations, and that's going to be really tough. Talk to Brandon Weikert a little bit about that in the third hour. He used to work on Capitol Hill in the House. He understands how that works. We'll talk to him a little bit about that. That's going to be tough, uh, tougher uh, because uh, of a lot of pressures. Uh, you know, there's no pressure up against um, the Judiciary Committee. Jim Jordan will have full subpoena power and and uh, and complete authority um, to 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 investigate wherever and whatever he wants. And I have something to say about that with our old friend um, Alex Berenson getting the latest tranche of Twitter files. Uh, interesting that um, Elon Musk gave it to Alex Berenson. Do you remember that name, folks? He's been on a few times. He was a, uh, the, science, uh, sorry, the medical, uh, medicine, uh, medical health reporter for the New York Times for many years and uh, left the New York Times and then did some work on marijuana and then did some work on COVID. And uh, then did some work on uh, on the on on social media, and instead of uh, this going to Barry, this latest tranche going to Barry Weiss or um, Matt Taibbi or who else has had these Michael Schellenberger, this latest tranche has now gone to Alex Berenson, who is charged mostly with the investigations over uh, Anthony Fauci, uh, the CDC, National Institutes for Health, CDC. And um, and uh, big farm, big pharmaceutical, big pharma, as we call it. And I'll tell you about that, what he's already discovered. Pretty indicting and pretty damnable just in one day what he's already uh, uncovered. We'll get to that in a moment. 
if we thought that the big news over the weekend was going to be Joe Biden at the border, uh, we're probably all fairly sorely disappointed on that. Uh, the White House played this one really smartly, uh, as only they know how to do. Uh, first off, they they had the uh, the the visit on a Sunday, which is about uh, the least good day for media exposure. Uh, second, maybe only to Friday night, uh, frankly. Uh, but there were there were there were press at the border. What the White House decided to do, and uh, if I were them, I would have done the same thing is they had Joe Biden visit a section of the border where the fencing or the wall, whatever you want to call it, it's it's literally fencing, where the fencing was intact. They had him visit, uh, you know, the place that is secure in at the El Paso area, um, not the place that wasn't, not the place that was the problem. They took him to the place that um, was a success, a success by dint, of course, of the previous administration uh, that had funded that wall that or fencing that uh, Joe Biden has canceled, canceled as president. So all kinds of uh, cognitive dissonance going on at that moment. He visits the part that's not as big of a problem as the parts that are. If you want to get a sense of what it looks like where the fencing is incomplete and where people do come through, I suppose on our Facebook page, uh, you can see some of the video when I went down there. I wasn't at El Paso. I was at the Yuma sector. But uh, last time and the time before that, um, a couple years ago, it's 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 worse than a joke. But, I mean, you literally can walk right around where the wall or the fencing stops and just walk right in. I mean, it's it's like uh, it's almost something out of Warner Brothers. You're walking, you're walking. There's a wall, there's a wall, there's no wall. And you just walk right in there. The other problem, of course, too, problem for us in making the argument, not a problem for the White House, which played this well again, was they um, there there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of decimation in that El Paso area last week. There was a lot a lot of uh, refuse, uh, a lot of human encampment uh, by human encampment, you know, consisting of uh, illegal migrants or illegal immigrants. Um, and that was all cleaned up. That was all sanitized. You know, we many of us have talked about you've heard me here talk about, you know, wanting to clean up areas of homeless encampments, never mind the border, but homeless encampments, uh, pr- particularly chronically homeless encampments where you have open air drug markets and uh, basically open crime scenes, everything from the worst of the worst, like rape to arson and burglary and uh, assault and battery. Uh, homeless on homeless here in the uh, in what's what's uh, called the zone, less than a mile from the state capitol. I saw it the other day. I was at the state capitol on Friday. I saw it driving back. It's amazing how close it is and how little seems to be done. Can't clean that up. Roughly, I don't know how many residents there are. It's hard to say on any given day. Probably seven to eight hundred in that area. Uh, can't clean that up. And of course, if Greg Abbott. Or Ron DeSantis try and make an issue of the illegal immigrants in their areas and fly them or bust them off to places like Martha's Vineyard or the Naval Observatory where Kamala Harris lives, Vice President Kamala Harris lives, to make a point for the media. Everyone goes up in arms about how inhumane it is to move these people against their will, how inhumane it is to transport these uh, illegal immigrants against their will. But... um, that only that that shoe only fits one foot, evidently, because that's exactly what happened in El Paso this past week. 
uh, the Democratic leadership in that area, along with the White House. They had that area entirely cleansed. So where you saw Joe Biden walking, if you saw him there a week ago, you would have seen him walking through something that did look like Ninth Avenue and Jefferson here. You would have seen him walking through human degradation and depredation and camping, uh, open camping, uh, but not Sunday because they took all those illegal immigrants and they moved them. They transported them uh, just as uh, just as Abbott had done in the past, just as DeSantis had done in the past, except this time it was for a Democratic purpose, a Democratic cause, and to make things look better than they otherwise would for Joe Biden. Uh, Sandra Smith, I think, was talking about this uh, just earlier today. It was a trip the president has avoided making for nearly two years now. Residents and border officials say Biden failed to get a full grasp of the crisis in the three hours that he spent in El Paso as he chose not to speak with any migrants or residents and skipped out on seeing the areas most affected by this migrant surge. In fact, migrant camps at the U.S. epicenter of the border crisis were cleared out before the president even set foot on the ground there. Following his stop in El Paso, the president president flew over the border into Mexico. Well, we knew that. We knew he was going to Mexico, and he is in Mexico. And, of course, he had to stumble. Of course he had to stumble, uh, not physically but verbally or mentally, uh, when he was introduced to uh, some Salvation Army, great, great organization, by the way, but he was introduced to some Salvation Army folks there. And what did he say to them in El Paso? He said, oh, yes, I love the Secret Service. Saw them most recently in Ukraine and Poland. I mean, you know, just my goodness gracious. Words fail. Um, I wish they fail. I wish he would. (laughs) Maybe words should fail him more often and he should stop speaking. But uh, to confuse the Salvation Army with the Secret Service and to inform us he was in Ukraine, uh, he wasn't. But, you know, then again, the media just doesn't seem to care because a month ago he said he had already been to the border um, and he had not been to the border. So he went and um, it was a photo op victory for him and it will be short lived, I'm sure, uh, as any kind of uh, victory for conservative policies or just policies that I don't think have to be considered conservative or liberal anymore. Just basically humane, humane. Allowing people to be smuggled and put into slavery, allowing drugs into this country, allowing people to be brutalized, and then having them living in conditions that can only be described as brutal? What about this is humane? There is no humaneness or humanity about any of this at all. Um, Anyway, that's the roundup since Friday. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. I am Seth Leibson, and it is uh, anything you want to talk about. Mike's in Maricopa. Hi, Mike. Yes, good afternoon, Seth. Say, I'd like to talk just a little bit about some events that have happened over the weekend while a lot of people are distracting about Joe Biden's uh, you know, fake visit to the border. It really was a fake visit, wasn't it? I mean, it really was a Potemkin village uh, that was set up for him. It, 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 yes. If you think oh, about he, it, you know. he played it. He, he, he played it well. It. I mean, he he played it well, or at least the media played it yeah. well for him. He went to visit a migrant 
uh, shelter, but they had already taken everybody yep, out they of moved the shelter yep, until yep. he got there. Yep. Yeah, Not so bad but here anyway, after all, right? Just No. But one of the things that I kind of see that uh, is not getting a whole lot of press is the over the weekend, I think it might have been Friday, the son, one of the sons of El Chapo Guzman, Ovidio yeah. uh, Guzman, was arrested in Mexico. Yeah. I think that was uh, maybe like the 8th or the 7th or so. And, uh, you know, he was also arrested back in 2018. That's right. And, That's right. And, uh, Joaquin. Right, was, right, right. Yes, and this was in the state of uh, Sinaloa. The mm-hmm. capital is Culiacan, mm-hmm. and they set up a lot of blockades across the city and lit fire to trucks and stuff. Yeah. Now, uh, this is a lot. The same things going on with the deal. Uh, uh, they've also set it up uh, these blockades in other parts of Sinaloa. Uh, the, they're shooting at the police and the army. 20, I think thirty people they, were killed in this operation. Last I saw, it was twenty nine. Okay, I yeah, heard forty. Yeah, but they also say in the uh, news item that I have here, they've also shot down another Mexican military helicopter. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Who is in yep. charge? I mean, we we know the answer to that yeah. question, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, we covered that yeah. report back from June yeah. of yeah. exactly who's in. But anyway, there and that's not even, that, by the way, I mean, that may be the worst cartel. I don't want people to think it's just one cartel. There's a lot of cartels down there. I mean, I don't know if people have heard of the Northeast cartel. I mean, there's a bunch. Yes. And uh, it appears that the, the, the big, big boys on the uh, block, it would be the CJNG yeah. and the Sinaloa. Right. And uh, back in 2015, May Day, they shot down that one helicopter, the yep. CJNG yep. did, in Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. There's also, a, there's an increase in violence in Hidalgo, Mexico, yep. and that's their oil theft center. Back in, uh, oh man, where was it? It was somewhere between like January and July, June or so, there had been uh, more than 2,000 taps into their pipelines and, uh, yeah, between January and June of last year, there were 2,675 oil taps into their pipelines. Wow. They got, like, 30,000 pipelines. Did not them. know that. Wow. That, wow. Yeah. And one last but one. But is, is that the, does uh, raise an interesting point. I'll, I'll let you make your other one in a sec, Mike. I do want to pause okay. on it. In my study, which is not as nearly extensive as yours or experienced as yours, But in my study of the cartels when it came to the drug stuff and the drug issues, which is where I kind of think I know a little more than than I do about the other stuff. um, One of the interesting things is these cartels, they they are they are multi-operational and highly integrated organizations. They are not one product organizations. They are not just drugs. They are not you're highlighting. And I mean, they're involved in a lot of different activity. They are involved. First of all, they can shift easily from one drug to another. They moved pretty quickly from marijuana to fentanyl, after all. Um, But they can move. I mean, they're 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 involved in things that people think is kind of funny, but it's a lucrative business. Uh, Bootlegged movies, bootlegged entertainment, bootlegged music. Now you're talking to me about oil. I mean, these things are highly integrated organizations. You wonder how they become a multi-billion dollar industry or institution. This is how, I mean, they're involved in a lot. They're like Acme. They're like the, or the Mech, Mech me, the Mexican company that makes everything. Yes. 
Well, you know, way down south, by like in Michigan, what they do is they go in and they clear-cut the forest of their big timber, and they make arrangements with the Chinese. The Chinese have a ship that makes furniture. So when they bring in the fentanyl or the precursors, then the Mexican cartels give them this timber uh, as in trade, so there's yeah, no money right. to worry about the money right, laundering. Right, right, right. They go out into the Pacific Ocean, make furniture out of it, oh, yeah. and then dock at Long Beach, and you buy the furniture here in the United States. They've also, uh, they'll have lookouts by the uh, avocado orchards, mm-hmm. and they don't have to plant them, grow them, fertilize them, water them, nope. pick them, or nothing. No, nope. everyone else does that. Yeah. The trucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, they, 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 control about 25% of the avocados. They just I'm glad you're making this point. People have no idea how extensive these operations are. They really are. I mean, it's, you know, it's, anyway. Yes. You had another so, point I yeah, didn't they, want to bury or lose, If I think. No, no, no. Uh, one other thing that they found out that it was so lucrative to steal the avocados, now they've branched off into limes. And so the same thing is happening. We're going to have to go on a new campaign. Remember when Cesar Chavez didn't want us eating lettuce and grapes? We're going to have to go on a lime and avocado uh, boycott or something just to starve the cartels. I know. Anyway. Yeah, the the last one real quick here in uh, San Pedro in Nuevo Leon, yeah. uh, a guy named Jose Rodolfo Villarreal Hernandez, a.k.a. El Gato, mm-hmm. was captured, and uh, he's a... Uh, kind of runs the place in that city or that plaza down there, and he's registered as one of the FBI's 10 most wanted fugitives. So uh, and the United States government was offering a million dollars for his uh, anybody providing information leading to the arrest. So once again, uh, and, and, you know, it's important to talk about Joe Biden, you know, going down to El Paso. I don't want to disregard it. But, you know, there's there's a little bit more to the mix than just just him going. There no, no, I, 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 I so appreciate your updates. And I think our audience does, too, Mike. I, this and these are briefings, you know, that, uh, you know, I don't know how much he can assimilate. I don't know how much he takes in. I, I you know, I have no no entree into any of the PDFs or any uh, PDB. Sorry, the presidential daily briefings or anything like that. But. You know, the idea that he can't give a speech on what you said is, you know, an idea that's 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 important because people think things are okay and they're not. You know, that that's the problem when we get public policy wrong or when we go after the uh, the wrong the wrong problem uh, to try and find a solution. People think the neighborhood is now safe. Think people think the problem is now solved. I remember when. RAG put uh, put an, you know arrested a, a pharmaceutical maker a couple years ago and says we've now taken a big bite out of the opioid epidemic. I knew, that's not true. It's people and and and, and here we, we have the the death toll to show it. It's it's just not true. You give people a false set, sense of security and safety by not talking about the real issues, which I'm grateful to you for doing, Mike. Thank you. Very good. Thank you very much, Seth. You, you betcha. Have a wonderful New Year. You do the same. We'll talk soon. Uh, those of you on hold, stay with us. We'll do our culture and economy update with John Dabrowski when we come right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. John Dombrowski is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website, Grand Canyon Planning 
com if you want to reach out to him, learn more about what they do. And uh, he is a radio show host in his own right uh, every Saturday morning here at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. What's the good word today, John? How are you, sir? Happy Monday, Seth. Happy Monday. Big week uh, yes. ahead. Commerce Department will give us some new uh, figures on wholesale inventories mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow. The Labor Department will give us uh, the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, right. uh, later in the week, I think Thursday. And uh, U.S. consumer sentiment being measured on Friday by the University of Michigan. I want to talk to you about one financial planning aspect uh, in a moment. But first of all, also an anniversary today that's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Fifteen years ago, we got the first iPhone. Wow. Can you imagine? That (laughs) means, let's see, you're going into college at around age 17 or 18. You only knew a world where the iPhone existed if you're going into college these days. Nowadays, yeah, it's everyone, everyone has something attached, you know, to their hand. It's not even to their, you know, their hip anymore. They're holding, holding it all the time. All the time. Uh, You know, it's interesting. I was on uh, uh, a a flight the other day and I saw it was someone probably about 75, 76 years old, a woman. And she was just, her head was buried into that phone. She was just typing away and sending texts or emails, whatever she was doing. I mean, this is this is a commonplace nowadays. Uh, technology is uh, certainly something that when it goes wrong, it's, uh, it's a real challenge for us because we're so used to having it at our fingertips. Yeah, ask Southwest about that. Huh? Yeah. Oh, that's been a rough The rough class of 2026. Okay, so people who went, you'll find this interesting, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um John, yes, Steve, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't know who Steve <laughs> Oh, I see who Steve is. He's a, a listener on hold we'll get to. Uh, John, I'm sorry. If you're in the class of 2026, which means an incoming freshman in college right now, mm-hmm. uh, you've always known LeBron James as the most recognizable sports icon on the planet. Right. Hillary Clinton has always had a more significant role in American politics than Bill Clinton. Interesting. And created in 04, Facebook has been active for the entire lives of this class. Mm. Kind of interesting what these kids know. Who was the most active sports figure when you were going into college? Or the most what, what recognized? You know, I would say back in the early, you know, late 70s, yeah. early 80s yeah. in that run. I mean, you know, there was... Bruce Jenner? Yeah. <laughs> it could have been. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it exist. It might have been Bruce Jenner. But you had, you know... Uh, you know, some of the other I think for me it was Michael sports. Jordan. I yeah, think I would Michael, say Michael Jordan probably. Michael for me, you're, yeah. I'm yeah. not a big sports follower. I mean, I, you some know, Some of watch. these guys break through, right? Yeah. Into, yep. the, into the popular I mean, culture. I did watch the special that on Michael Jordan. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, to see what, what he had to go through to, to get to the accomplishments that he had and what he... Uh, really was amazing what he did, and, and I don't know if that'll ever be repeated. No, it probably won't be. Uh, but let, let let us go back to your wheelhouse for a second on uh, economics and financial planning. Uh, financial accounts, always mm-hmm. an interesting issue uh, when people pass, uncomfortably uh, uncomfortable to talk about. But talk to us about that. That's always something good to get educated on by you. What happens to financial account when someone passes? Well, it is interesting because if you've got an investment account, whether it's a stock account or um, some individual bonds that you might hold or mutual funds, an investment in the stock market of some type, depending on what that account is, if it's a retirement account versus a non-retirement account, there are uh, different ways that that account will transfer to beneficiaries for tax purposes. 
uh, it's considered a capital asset if it's a non-retirement account. And as you have a capital asset, if there's a gain, there's a capital gain. So if I own a stock and it goes up and I sell it, I pay taxes on the gain. However, uh, if you were to pass away and leave it to someone, uh, traditionally that account would get what's called a step-up in cost basis. And the receiver would not have to pay any taxes on it based off of the value uh, that it was a, of the date of death. Right. So that's a, a pretty nice feature for those out there who have uh, stocks that they've held for a long time that may have a lot of gains they didn't want to sell because they didn't want to pay the tax. When they pass to that next generation, uh, they would pass without a tax. Now, there is the possibility, and talk about that, you know, maybe being taxed at some point, but not yet. Good. Uh, Good. With retirement accounts, though, if you've never been taxed on it, well, the beneficiaries of retirement accounts would be taxed as well when they pull that money out. And you can talk to people about those differences and those kinds of investments, particularly with retirement, particularly retirement when it comes to issues uh, having to do with ultimately uh, passing off the mortal coil, right? Exactly right. And we want to do it as as tax efficient as possible. And those are the strategies we talk to clients about all the time, Seth. Thank you, J.D. You bet. All right, Securities and Advisory Services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Finra and Sipican, an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Good work, Thank man. Yourself. Thanks an awful lot. Okay. Sorry, to, sorry no for the name hiccup. No worries. Okay, bye-bye. You've been called worse. I have, too. Take care, <laughs> we'll Take right. care Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, 602-508-0960. Steve is in Tempe. Hi, Steve. How are you? Uh, good, Seth. Any, anytime I can follow Frank Sinatra, it's always a good thing. I always feel a little under uh, under the bar myself when that happens, so, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, I, like I was telling you last week, I know you were... Uh, we we got in a discussion about McCar- Kevin McCarthy. Oh yes, I, right, 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 right. And I told you, I said, look, it's going to take a couple of days. Um, it took a little bit longer than I thought, but I, but I said the guy's going to be speaker, and and um, I, I'm still skeptical if, if they're going to, you know, just as to what's going to be accomplished in this Congress. But um, nothing I'm more glad. than hearings is the short answer that I think is uh, is the right answer. Nothing more than yeah. hearings and exposure, because remember, I mean, you know, there's no legislation that they're going to have that's going to get through the Senate, and uh, and and it's certainly not going to get through Joe Biden. So all we can do is expose corruption at this point. Yeah, no question, no question. And uh, I wanted to um, ask you what you thought about, you know, a couple weeks ago I was listening to you talking to and I can't remember who it was exactly, but you mentioned, I think it was you that mentioned, made the comment that what we're seeing right now in the Biden administration are that, you know, that in fact there are a number of former Obama uh, lower to mid-level um, players that were in his administration that are that have now been elevated to, you know, upper level positions in the Biden administration. And you know, it's my thought, and, and I, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are about this, but I, I really think we're looking at Barack Obama's, you know, third term. I think I think a lot of the decisions that are being made, and, and, I'm, and I'm talking about militarily, overseas, and 
and and then with the with the border and other aspects that we're in in disagreement about that he's doing um i think a lot of that's barack obama's um behind the scenes actions and he you know he goes around and he he's giving speeches and i don't think he's he, he gives the appearance that he's that he's kind of removed from, you know, politics and the, you know, except for making you know for following candidates and giving speeches for them and and for backing them up and everything. But I think he's, I think he's a lot more involved behind the scenes than than um, he's leading on that he is. He may or may not be. I don't know, uh, and I have no more special insight into that part of the world probably than you, Steve. But you know, the people that. You know, the Susan Rices and the and the people who used to staff the Obama administration that are now on this administration, you know, they may very yeah. well they may very well be in touch with Barack Obama or, or they may not be. You know, these aren't people who 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 come who come come to Washington or come to the White House or the administration without their own philosophy. This this is why there's that famous phrase mostly in Washington, but you hear it with every administration that personnel is policy. It's it's who you pick to lead the agencies and staff them that really will ultimately be responsible for the policy. But if there's one set of articles that I do that I have read and you haven't seen a lot of them lately, but early on that I do tend to agree with um it's that the administration of Barack Obama, of Obama felt that by the time they left, they were, if anything, too tentative. If anything, they pulled too many punches. They didn't go for, they didn't go for broker the maximalist positions they thought they 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 otherwise might have. And the lesson learned there, I think, is why we see this administration being all the more radical than the Obama administration, which I think it is. And it's an odd thing to say, but it is. Yeah, um, it is. And, and, I, and, I, and you know, to, whether you want to talk about the race stuff and, and what Eric Holder was talking about when he was at DOJ, I mean, the entire administration is now infused and suffused with not only uh, diversity and equity and inclusion type language, um, They've moved on beyond race uh, into, you know, sex, um, uh, sexual, not orientation, but sexual identification. Um, and they've yeah. done that not only in just the Department of, I don't know, pick an innocuous department, the Department of Labor, let's say. They're doing it at the Pentagon. They're doing it at the Department of, the Def- uh, the Department of Defense. That would be one example. The environment would be – the environmental controls would be another um, yep. The other one would be the border and illegal immigration. Um, you know, who thought that the policy would be just doing absolutely zero and nothing and lying yeah. about it? Um, but that 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 is this policy right now. So I think it's worse from our perspective. And I don't know how much of it is being, um, you know, marionetted by Barack Obama, but it doesn't need to be. I mean, you know, these people know what they're doing. Um they come with their own left-wing experience credentials and, and smarts, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, in other words, if Barack you know, Obama were never alive, were never to be born, I think we'd be seeing some of the same stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and Seth, if you recall, we, we were starting to see the the early stages of the, of the sex stuff in you know right before Obama left office. You know, because they were talking about right around 2017, that, January, right around that yeah, cusp uh, with yeah, National exactly. Geographic, January 2017. Yep, yep, yeah, exactly, exactly. 
And Seth, the other other point I wanted to make too, if I could, is I, this is um, you know we're talking about you know looking ahead to future elections and especially the twenty four election. One of the things that I've seen in just an observation personally that's that I think has been interesting is that you know how important the narrative of an election is as opposed to who the who the actual person is that you're voting for. And, and the point I wanted to make about that is, I, you know, I, I remember I was in, in uh, my office. Uh, I worked for a pretty big company, and, I, and there was this young girl that was sitting there, and, and this was before um, the, uh, the, uh, the last election, uh, presidential election, and she made the comment. She said, you know, if we don't um, get Trump out of office and fix what's going on right now, our democracy isn't going to be able to stand this. And, you know, when I heard that, I thought, who is she listening to? You know, this is like, this is ridiculous. And, and sure, sure enough, I mean, that narrative carried through all the way to get guys like John Fetterman mm-hmm. and, and, and Biden mm-hmm. elected guys, guys that um, really didn't have the... Can't complete the, a sentence, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They didn't have the standing to be able to, and, and, the, and the ability to communicate like other candidates did at the time, especially Fetterman. And so that narrative basically got them elected. Yeah, I wanted to say something about that. I wanted Mm -hmm. to, yeah, yeah, there's a story out today that kind of touches on that. I wanted to say something about that. So thanks for priming it, Steve, and I will address it. i got to take the break. Let uh, Let me address that on the way back. I am Seth Liebson. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you are concerned about the stock market's volatility and are looking for an investment in a portfolio with a high rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market, our sponsors and friends at Y-Refi, and they are both. They're great people over there. Uh, They have a great idea. They have a portfolio where you know exactly what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. You can turn your monthly income on or off, and it's not correlated. The investment is not correlated to the stock market at all. No loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. It's a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers an up to 10.25% rate of return. That's right, 10 and a quarter percent. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm. And you can uh, check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call them at 888-YREFI-34, 888-YREFI-34. Uh, per what Steve was talking a little bit about in the last uh, segment before we went to break, there's a story today. Oh, it will um, it will be it, – it'll come and go as quickly as, as, as I mention it. Um, it's not going to stick anywhere. But this notion that uh, Republicans a vote for the Republican Party was a vote uh, to weaken um, to, to threaten the Constitution or threaten democracy, uh, which was the theme that the Democrats uh, settled on in the last several weeks of this campaign. It really was, as Steve said, the ongoing theme uh, for the years 2017 to 2020, uh, end of 2020, um, with not only all the uh, all the efforts at impeachment, not only all the discussion about uh, Russia uh, and the illegitimacy of the president himself, but uh, the entire 
chorus, amen chorus, that we were in a constitutional crisis over this, we were in a constitutional crisis over that, we were in an existential crisis over this, we were in an existential crisis over that. If you have Nexus Lexus and you want to go back and look up the years 2017 to 2020, put in the term constitutional crisis being proclaimed by the likes of Nancy Pelosi or Jerry Nadler all the time, um, it's exhausting and it's um, and it's uh, uh, prodigious. But the story that um, just shows you uh, what what nonsense all this was. Um, the Washington Post finally came around uh, January 9th, 2023. That would be today. Here's the headline. Hold your seats. I'll talk more about it next hour. But hold on to your seats when I give you this headline. Russian trolls on Twitter had little influence in 2016 voters. Remember all the Russian influence in the 2016 election? Well, we got a uh, got a huge study uh, just out today from New York University that's being reported in the Washington Post saying, never mind, just like Emily Latella, never mind. Byron York was reporting on this five years ago. I don't know what took the Washington Post so long, but then again, I kind of do. 602-508-0960, your hour coming up next. Open lines. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 